Hey, and, and showcase my skills and then go from there. How are you feeling physically? Um, I'm feeling feeling good. Um, I'm, I'm all right. I mean, I'm not 100%, but I'm getting there, and each and every day is a positive day for me. I mean, this is the first real practice I had all year. So, like, we'll see how my hip hip responds tomorrow with the soreness and things like that. But I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm here, and I'm happy, and got my joy back, and I'm ready to – put on a show for the Lakers. Would you say you're about 75%, 80%? Um, probably around there. I mean, I don't have all my power and explosiveness that I had last season and, and the years before, but um, the good thing about that is I can get wherever I want on the floor. Um, I'm just trying to get my rhythm back to where it was, trying to get my legs back um, to Cut that. Yeah, it's your boy King Known Uncensored once again. Yeah, 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 motherfuckers. I'm back after a couple of days, you know. I gave myself a Monday, but hell, it's some funny shit that just went that just happened and shit. <laughs> boy, that boy Patrick Beverly can't get a break. <laughs> this is King Known Uncensored with the new episode, the hottest shit on the streets. It was all good just a week ago. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's it's always a uh, hidden message when you play certain shit, but let's go. All right, man. Pat Bev traded to his second team in less than 24 hours. You got to laugh at this shit. Or should I say less than 48 hours? I apologize for that error. But, dog. You see what happens when you play with one of the uh, NBA's babies? I already know. First of all, I think Kawhi got Pat Bev the fuck up out of there. I'm going to continuously say that. 
And I also think that he got Rondo the fuck out of here and Daniel Oturo. But, I mean, Daniel Oturo was just a young piece, though. I don't think Kawhi had anything against him, you know, guilty by association. But anyway, man, Pat Bev is in Minnesota right now. Why? I think I know why. Obviously, Chris Paul, I think, has a lot to do with that. I just think so because he's one of the uh, one of Adam Silver's boos. Him and LeBron James, boy, that nigga hands stay up they ass, boy. That nigga be playing puppet with Chris and LeBron. You know, now that he stepped down and shit from the Players Association and they let CJ do it, I think it's a good move for the NBA. Now I think Chris Paul is going to go back to being normal, you know, because he was known as the rat of the NBA, you know what I'm saying? Telling on everybody. I heard he was like a rat at the bubble. (laughs) Jimmy Butler was bringing back Rachel Nichols, bouncing her titties around like some basketballs. And I heard he ratted. But I think Chris Paul has a lot to do with Pat Bev being on Minnesota because of the shit that happened in the playoffs. I mean, but Pat Bev, you know, he is also a victim of himself because you remember when he told Steph Curry? He told Steph Curry in that series when they were going against the the Clippers, you had the last five years and now we got the next five years. Oh, man, this prompted me, you know, you know, that soundbite at the beginning. That was Patrick Beverly and Lou Will talking that prices going up shit. And we're going to chronicle a look, a look back at the Clippers run. Now, you know, obviously they started off, you know, losing in the first round to a loaded Warriors team four to two. And there was a lot of potential seen in that team. So, then, they acquired Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. I thought I thought Kawhi and Jimmy should have joined up in Los Angeles. That's just me. But, once those two were bought in, a lot of people were saying, calling this shit a championship already they already had them at the center of the championship run and I did too because you combine Paul George with all that talent and then also Kawhi Leonard's championship pedigree then you have a Clippers team that already went to the playoffs without those two with Pat Bev, Lou Will, Trez Harrell, I love Trez Harrell like on the Clippers because he reminded me of a poor man's Ben Wallace undersized center that provides a lot of effort on the on a you know what I'm saying a lot of effort on the floor except the difference was Ben provided that effort on the defensive end Trez provided that on the offensive end which prompted him to be the sixth man of the year the year after Now, that first year was the year that, of course, you know, 
they ended up going down to Denver. And they, you know, it was all about Lakers-Clippers, Lakers-Clippers, the matchup, the infamous matchup of the Lakers and Clippers that we never got to see, unfortunately. And it led to the one of the easiest playoff runs to a championship that the Clippers, ev- that the Lakers ever had. And that bubble. And I think the bubble also slowed down a lot of the Clippers' momentum that season, not making excuses because they blew a 3-1 lead. And that was happening a lot in that bubble. Motherfuckers was blowing 3-1 leads. Then the next year, it seemed like a clear path with the Lakers out of there. And then all of a sudden, Kawhi Leonard partially tears his ACL. After arguably, and I mean this when I say this because Kevin Durant was sensational, but Kawhi Leonard was probably the best player in the playoffs up until his injury. Just look at the numbers. Look at the amount of points that he scored. Look at the impact and imprint he had on all of those games. This dude showed up in all those in all those games against the Mavericks. And then he did well in that Jazz series. He was killing up until he got hurt. So now the Clippers are going to be without Kawhi Leonard. And they were looking to reshape and reformat their roster. So getting rid of fan favorite Pat Bev, the dirtiest nigga in the league, was only the start of things. Now, Isaiah Thomas, as I played his... um, Soundbite at the beginning of the show for a reason, and he's trying out for he's trying out for the Lakers allegedly to make that final roster spot along with two other point guards. It'd be interesting to see if he'd make the team, but it big dog, why would you want to play with LeBron James again? Y'all didn't fit or work the first time well together, because in Cleveland. I think you went, what, 7-9 in Cleveland when Isaiah played? Because you have to remember, he was still recovering from that hip injury. And I believe that Cavaliers management and LeBron James rushed Isaiah Thomas back too fast from that hip injury. I think they should have waited until All-Star break to bring him back. And then while he was out there, Thomas underperformed. Because he, as he said in the beginning, he didn't have the same explosiveness as he did when he was on Sacramento and Boston. So, Isaiah, you sure you want to be on LeBron's team again? Because you've been on contenders before and you never came out that uniform. So you're looking at another situation where you might not even get that much playing time. If I was Thomas, I would go to a lottery team. Because sometimes you got to play for a mediocre team to show that you're the shit. And then maybe a contender can run you off the bench as a sixth man. Because the Lakers are loaded with players. They have... Kendrick Dunn, 
You know what I'm saying? That dude is definitely going to get more clocked than Isaiah. He might actually start. Period. I mean, you got Westbrook already. So you're going to be the third guard that may receive some playing time. It's not even going to be guaranteed, really. Are you sure you want to be miserable with LeBron James? Because when you left the Cavs the first time, you said that this was your first real practice in a year, and I got my joy back. These were the comments that he said. These are just the facts. A lot of y'all are going to be in y'all feelings crying, talking about I'm hating on LeBron again. But no, this is talking about just from a chemistry standpoint. Not from a hateful standpoint. A lot of y'all niggas hate facts. Y'all allergic to facts. Y'all break out when it comes to the facts. Now, before we get into what this show really is about, I got a hot take on Kimball Walker. Last couple of years, you know, last year, I had Kimball Walker jokes out the ass because a lot of people were, you know, talking shit about and downing Kyrie Irving's impact on the teams that he's played for and saying that Kimball went further with the Celtics than Kyrie did when he was there, which was true. It did happen, but Kimball Walker was not the reason why the Boston Celtics went to the conference finals that year. They lucked up in a bubble infused season and went there. How far did that did Kimball Walker take them last year? I just want to know. That boy Kyrie melted that man. In the three games that he did play, he cooked him. But at the same time, I'm only saying that to say this. I think Kimba Walker will have a bounce back season next year. I think he could be at least top three in the running for most improved player because he's going to be reformed due to the fact that he's playing for his home in New York. He's from New York. So I can see a resurgence of Kimba Walker next to Derrick Rose. My God, that would be great. But that's my hot take. Now, we got another edition of 10 versus y'all. We got to, you know, when we, when we talk about 10 versus, you got to drop the fucking music. You got to drop the fucking music, dog. Because you got to feel this shit. 10 versus, 10 versus. Once again, it's on. Now, this person that we're going to bring into the uh, boardroom, you know, I'm acting like this motherfucker actually going to come out, but he not. This person here is what I call a Southern Time Bomb. This dude was special. He was different. And he was signed to one of the greatest labels ever made. This guy has a high-speed car crash flow, but also could smooth it and slow it down and be smoothed for the ladies. And when this dude performs, I wouldn't want to go on after this guy. And I believe that this guy is also a legend for damn sure. I think I even have him 
underrated as far as I'm concerned. But underrated because he didn't necessarily... He only had what? Let me see. He had this album, that album, that album. He had four albums, right? Yeah, I think he had four albums released. And he didn't necessarily get to carve out the career that he had because he was sitting on a lot of potential. And then he ran into a situation where he had to go to jail for six years. And, you know, he never got back to that prime of his. The person I'm talking about is Mystical. Mystical was a rapid-fire MC and one of the most underrated rappers ever and definitely one of the best to come out of down south, especially Louisiana. Mystical had a nice, one of the best light runs I've ever seen. Like, when Dude came out on uh, Make Him Say Uh, I like, who the fuck is this? And why he rapping so goddamn fast? But then throughout many No Limit features in the early days, you know what I'm saying? But even before No Limit, he had a hit record with Here I Go and Not That Nigga. So Mystical already was established, but Master P basically recruited him and bought out his contract once he left Jive and went to No Limit for a couple of years and released critically acclaimed albums such as Unpredictable and Ghetto Fabulous. Honestly, my favorite mystical album is Let's Get Ready because once I busted open that package, actually, you know, yeah, I opened up the, the CD package and shit. You know, a lot of y'all young kids don't know nothing about that. Ripping the package off of a new album that you about to hear because, you know, my mom's bought the album for me out the mom and pop store across the street from the crib. It was about $15, $16. And I think it was the day before it came out, too. Mom and pop stores. Y'all, a lot of y'all kids don't know about mom and pop stores, nigga. That was a little bit before y'all time, pussy. Where there would be a local store that would have a lot of the albums the day before or a couple of days before it comes out. It would have the hottest mixtapes. Then it would have candy, chips, and water and shit like that. Video games. Video game systems for sale and all that shit. A lot of y'all don't know nothing about that, man. Today's kids don't know about it. But let's get to this 10 verses now. This was very tough. This is between Danger and this one. And I picked this one over Danger. Very rough decision. But when Mystical released this in 2000, this was historical. For many reasons, especially when the video dropped. Because first of all, this was the first time that I think that Pharrell was in a video that was this fucking global. Because he was, you know, I don't remember him that much in, in the Super, Super Thug video. This is the first time the world seen Pharrell. Like he was singing in the video. And then this was a lot of... The world's first time seeing Melissa Ford in a video. I think Melissa Ford was in this video. Definitely, I know Superhead was in that video. Because we know Superhead was already in um, 
Give It To Me, I Just Wanna Love You by Jay-Z video. So this was like the birth and the age of the Video Vixen era. So when Mystical dropped this song, when he opened up with the opening line, we knew this was about to be some shit. So number 10, I'm going to go with Shake Your Ass, the first verse. I'm just saying. Sorry, y'all. I know y'all wanted to hear that. I told you. Detention. All y'all plans and pimps right now. And I know y'all wanted to hear that, but this is 10 verses. I cut the track off when I want to. Now, number nine. It was between this track and Stutter on what I was going to choose to be on this list. And it was tough, but I had to eliminate Stutter Remix for this track. Now, if y'all missed the clue, number nine was another hit on my favorite mystical album, Let's Get Ready. And it was the first verse. And Mystical and Pharrell proved to be a hell of a duo. And their sound worked. You know, you could imagine if Mystical didn't go to jail. I think Mystical would have definitely been signed to Star Trek. After his jive deal went up, you know, stopped. Or they, you know, but honestly, I think the Neptunes and them were already on jive. You know, and Clips was trying to get out their deal or whatever. So I think that Mystical would have been on Star Trek. Now, number nine is on the second hit song on this album, Danger Been So Long. Now, I kind of fooled y'all on this one, man, because I had said that this battle for the 10th spot. But I had forgotten that I put that in over Stutter Remix. So this is nine, Danger Been So Long, the first verse. Pull me out the 
Yeah, and then Head Down Pussy Poppin' on a Handstand was sampled in Ludacris's what year was that? 2003 song called Pussy Poppin'? Classic. Classic BET Uncut song, boy. Man, Pussy Poppin' was fire, bro. And oh yeah, update. This meme cam comes out that says, Since Patrick Beverly said the next five years are mine, he blew a 3-1 lead, lost his starting spot, and got traded twice in 48 hours. It was all good just a week ago, my G. Now, number eight. Man. This was on Mystical's first album, Mind of Mystical. Now, I was familiar with Here I Go, but I did not hear Mind of Mystical until, you know, I got Mystical's other album first, the first No Limit album. Man. On this track, Mystical was going stupid, bro. Stupid, fam. My number eight verse is Mystical, Not That Nigga, the third verse. motherfucker went stupid on this bitch now number um seven this is on mystical's one of arguably his arguably his popular most popular song you know and for a person that has a lot of big hits this dude has a lot of songs like if you play them they know it off the rip and this is honestly mystical's theme song right here and I'm going to probably go with the third verse on this song, and I'm going to go with Here I Go, the third verse. Yeah, 
Snapping, baby. Yes, sir. All right, man. Number six, I believe we're at. Man, this when this shit came out here, bruh. Dog. This shit was hot as fish grease. This came out in 97. I thought this came out in 99. I ain't gonna cap. But, bruh. This nigga mystical killed this shit, bruh. And I'm going to go with the second verse on Man Right Cheer. Let's go. next track number five my god my god my god my god i just remember this era so fucking much this is arguably the height of the crunk era now this was on Lil john album right i remember this video being shown all the time especially on bet uncut that was another uncut classic 
mystical verse on here. At that time, you know, he was facing those charges. He was going to in and out of court, but this was still like the prime of mystical's career. This was like released at that time. And he collaborated with crazy bone and little John and the East side boys on this one. So my number five choice for best mystical verse ever was I don't give a fuck. talking shit bitch you trying to power up <laughs> that was my part of that verse boy and then i am not a crook you know what i'm saying he was trying to uh put out there his innocence but you already know what happened but anyway number four. Oh man this was on a classic album boy this is one of them no limit classic albums boy something that's not necessarily talked about enough as far as like the classic shit. But. Man. Rapper Mac. On his first album. Had a song called. Shell Shock. Which I think yes. Is a classic album. Like. All the songs that were on there was crazy. And this collab with him and Mystical. Mystical killed this fucking verse, dog. There's nothing more that I could say about it, really. So I'm going to go with my number four mystical verse, Murder, Murder, Kill, Kill. Number three, another big, big, giant fucking song. Another giant song that was released by No Limit. My God, Mystical seemed to be on a lot of the bigger No Limit songs. This one is quite up there. Despite being labeled as one of the 10 worst rappers of all time, 
this dude was still selling records. And as Mystical appeared on Silk the Shocker's album Made Man, which I tried to listen to about three years ago, and I did not make it past track seven. But however, it did contain one of the best remixes ever. You can put this probably top 25, top 50, whatever the case may be. This is one of the best rap remixes ever. This is Mystical First Verse on It Ain't My Fault Part 2. Like, you let that other hook run. Shut your bitch ass up. Number two. Number two. Oh, man. Now, a lot of y'all gonna be mad as fuck that this ain't number one. I completely understand why. I would completely understand why you would be upset that this track is not number one. Y'all got it. But I have a reason for my number one, and I'll get to it when I get to number one. Now, number two is a very iconic song in American history. This honestly should be the national anthem for the United States of America. Okay? This song, again, was released at the height of the Crunk era in 2001. I think it was I think that shit was 01. Yep, I was right. I remember listening to this album so fucking much. Like I listened to it at school, I listened to it at home, I listened to it on road trips. And Mystical's verse on this song is by far the most appealing and it can argue for number 1. It's not on number 1 on my list, but it's probably number 1 on yours. And I'm going to go with Move Bitch at number two. Get out the way,
classic fucking song. So many fucking memories, dude. So many fucking memories. Dog. I know, I know, I know. A lot of y'all listening to this show and you tapped into your inner nostalgia because you knew exactly what the fuck you was doing, what grade you was in, what point of your life you was in, and what was out back when Move Bitch dropped. Now, number one, it's not what you think it is. It ain't. But this was on, um, oh, yeah, this was on Mystical Album, actually. And his verse on here, that's this, this probably definitely, like, arguably my favorite Mystical verse. I say arguably. Because this song, you know what I'm saying, it had a lot of substance, too. But the way Mystical came on here, bro... You know, Master P was doing his own, you know, little Tupac impression or whatever on this song. But Mystical on the second verse, body shit. Number one Mystical verse of all time is Ghetto Child. Mama, won't you pray for your baby? Uh, I'm just a ghetto child trying to make it. Uh, I'm just a ghetto child trying to make it. Uh, This ghetto got me crazy. Mama, won't you pray? why they put Silk the Shocker last dog why would they give Silk the Shocker the last verse on this song (laughs) oh fuck but yeah man obviously you can tell why I chose this number one over move bitch because like I said Mystical was going and he had a positive message on it but I'm going to get the fuck out of here. I've been going way too long. I hope y'all ain't fall asleep. I hope I kept this shit entertaining for y'all. I'm going to get the fuck up out of here. This King No Uncensored, it was all good just a week ago.